for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon.com. Check out ShantiGreen.com for the link to Amazon's amazingly easy online shopping. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. We are doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Sean Green. Feel free to give us a call on the uh, Legal Zoom self-help legal hotline, 323-203-0815. We have a great program in store for you this evening. We got my left-hand man, Logan Lysakal. Logan, how you doing? I'm great. How about yourself? You look great. I feel great. <laughs> All right. And then we also have uh, our first guest of the evening, comedian Liz Stewart. Liz, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. This place is awesome. All I right. love it. Yeah. It's good times, right? Yeah. I'm already having a great time. You're already enjoying yourself? Yes. Did you find uh, parking okay? Yes, I did. Yes, I did after I left the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a little deceiving, the parking lot back there. I, although I think we're probably okay to park there, but, you know, you don't want to get towed. Oh, have, you ever, have you ever been towed? Yes. Yes. And it takes forever to get your car back. I, and uh, I... Uh, I, I've had several tickets, which I hate as well, which everybody hates. I mean, those yeah, guys you don't even... you don't find a lot of counter arguments like, oh right. no, not me. I love tickets. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> the worst one in L.A. is not having your wheels uh, properly turned. Like in L.A., if you park on a hill or in San Francisco and stuff, they're worried about cars rolling away, so you have to angle your car wheels a certain way, or otherwise you'll get a ticket, which is really I don't know. It just makes it that much more aggravating and, you know, getting a ticket for that. I understand it's about revenue generation. Like, I understand they need more money. I would just rather pay more taxes than just constantly be on the lookout for more parking tickets. Like, okay, you want to you wanna charge me more in taxes? Fine. Take it out of my paycheck. I don't want – like, in Hollywood right now, it's this annoying thing where clearly they had spaces where you could park, but instead they're just – you know, they just read over the spots – because it's a simple formula. At some point, people are just going to start parking wherever they want, and they realize, okay, we're going to generate more tickets this way. Bastards. Bastards, man. I'll pay 12% instead of 9.25%. Park, park wherever I want. I'm going to park right by this fire it's, hydrant. If it's about the, the money, take the money. Take the I just money. don't, don't want to have to deal with the peace of mind. You know, I'd rather have the peace of mind and pay the money. You're going to pay the money one way or the other. Right now, I'm going through this thing with the DMV where uh, I have a 2000 Jetta, which um, well-documented uh, piece of shit car for anyone out there. Um, it's an awful car. First off, the car the car originally <laughs> the, the car's last mechanical failure was when the uh, bolt that was holding up the engine snapped off, and the entire engine fell out of the car essentially, and the thing caught on fire. So nice. not not a great not a great uh, statement for the Volkswagen craftsmanship. Um, I had a VW. Yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're expensive. If anything ever breaks, I always thought expensive. it was reliable. You know, I always thought like, oh yeah, you know, Volkswagens can be reliable. It's not going to be a problem. But it's just been one problem after another. Now there's some weird wiring issue where I passed the smog test, but the goddamn, uh, the goddamn smog thing, tell it, the goddamn smog thing won't it won't send through the computer because some reason the uh the the Jetta wiring is off. 
And so, like, I've taken the entire uh, car radio out. I've, like, tried different wiring configurations. I'm, like, driving between the car radio place and the smog place. Like, oh, okay, uh, take this out and then uh, clip the K-wire. And then I bring it back to the smog guy's place. He's like, no, it's not reading. And the small guy is retarded. That's why I That's took it. That's a scam, dude. They want you to get that liquid that you can pour in there. And, like, like I had a, a smog check, and the guy was like, he's like, it, it's going to go now, but, you know, you really need me to work <laughs> on your car so well, that it passed next time, guy. Yeah. I think well, the smog guy owned the radio Shop, no, probably. no. This guy, <laughs> oh, this guy is, this guy's really unintelligent, and that's why I took the car there because last time, my, I, I had a '91 Escort station wagon, and that wasn't passing smog at all. But the guy like did something, and it passed. So I was like, oh, okay, take it to this guy. I thought he was like a shady smog guy working off the books, but uh, now it's, it's like a, a wiring thing. Like it, it passed the smog test fine, but it won't send it in for some reason. And it's just a. Uh, it's just driving my cra- driving me crazy, making my life a uh, living hell. But you know, life take it one day at a time. Enough, man. I, w- hard the best was, uh, you know, you're sitting there waiting for the smog test to happen, and you're like, okay, you know, you sit on their patio furniture that this guy has. You're like, oh, I'll, le- I'll leaf through some literature. The only magazines the guy had was uh, Smog Max Weekly, like it's a weekly catalog of smog <laughs> products, <laughs> and it, it made me realize that in any like, I understand sex sells, but I didn't realize that they would use hot chicks to sell smog testing products. Like, it's a chick in a bikini, like, holding these, uh, you know, all these random electronical parts to yeah. test wow. smog. You're going to get it done anyway. You don't need some chick rubbing her memories on it. You know, the yeah. state requires you to get a smog check. Right. They don't need it. Yeah. They don't need to sell you on something that they're already requiring. Goddamn government kicking I know, man. man, and I hate those those the parking enforcement. Like, I don't have a problem with most cops, you know. I don't have, I mean, but I hate these parking <clears throat> enforcement douchebags running around. They aren't even real cops, but they think they're cops. They have this attitude, yep. so yeah. I like to, if I ever have any food in my car, I like to throw it at them when I'm driving past. Like, like mashed potatoes, you can make a nice little snowball and throw it at them, and they're wow. like, oh, man, or like, if they leave their windows down while they're writing somebody a ticket, you can uh, just pour whatever you're drinking on their seat so that when they sit down, they're uncomfortable. So you're sticking like it to the man. And what, sticking it to the do man, dude. About it or? Huh? I'm sure, I'm sure they can do something about they it. They can do something about it, but... Liz, you Liz they catch you, right? Liz plays by her own you. rules. That's right, dude. They ha- Now they have videotape. Now they have, like, cameras on, on their cars, so you have to be very, very, very careful. I, oh. I live by one of those, and on Halloween, I'm encouraging <clears throat> all of your listeners, because they'll be in costume, to uh, fill balloons with their own urine and cat feces and then chunk them at... Uh, pl- now, uh, at now that, that, seems, that seems a little crazy. How are you going to get cat feces into a balloon? Is there some sort of... Is a there a funnel. funnel involved? You get a funnel. All right, that's asking a lot. Litter. That's asking a lot for the average uh, listener. Your listeners think, can do it, dude. I've, 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 I've met these people. They're hungry. They're hungry for revenge. Well, now, well, now we're talking about cops. I don't know if you guys saw this uh, promo for this new cop show coming out, but... My God, I haven't been excited for a reality show in a long time until I heard about this show. The action's real in an all-new real-life series. Steven Seagal, Lawman. That's right, Steven Seagal is playing a cop. But he's not even playing a cop. He's actually a cop, and he's about to kick some ass. It all began 20 years ago when Seagal, a world-renowned 7th-degree Aikido expert, was shooting a movie in Jefferson Parish. The sheriff asked him to teach his men some self-defense and weapon skills. The training was so successful, Seagal was deputized. 
I love how they were like, the training was so successful. Like, I just picture Steven Seagal in this small town and, like, you know, karate chopping. They're like, oh my god, this guy kicks so much ass. We gotta make him a cop. And for 20 years, between films, he's been <laughs> serving as a full fledged member of the force. Well, the show is real. I mean, it's, this is not a joke. It's him right there, a white car, a white car. Where are you? Where are you? Get out, get out. blocked in. What I'm talking about. This is real police officers down here in Lafayette. I mean, I understand, uh, guys. I appreciate cops. I appreciate them putting on the line. But there is something weird to Steven Seagal not having to be a cop. You know, clearly doesn't have to do this. Like, I feel like there's other ways he can serve the community. And then I, I love how he's just like, get into it, get into it. Situation. Worst case scenario, many of them are forced to actually defend themselves every day. No scripts. No stunt doubles. No second chances. Steven Seagal, lawman. It's not a job. It's an adventure. <laughs> oh my god! That, I mean, is what that really cool. an, is that really an attitude that you want out of your cop? Like, oh, it's not it's not a job. It's not a job to protect and serve. It's an adventure. Yeah. Like, you're not you're not Billy the Kid. I realize you're Steven Seagal, and you've you've bought into the concept of being Steven Seagal so much, but. Really, at the end of the day, it still is a job. My my buddy was telling me he saw some of the clips coming out of this, and he, he said he saw the one guy getting tackled, and he was like, God damn, is that Steven Seagal? <laughs> that would be awesome to be tackled by Steven Seagal. At least you're like, you're like yeah, yeah, you know, like the, this cop came at me, and, and he put me in a headlock, and he'd be like, you couldn't, you know, take him? I mean, I know he has a gun, but, you know, like, no, dude, it was Steven Seagal, man, and then he punched me in the face like I was his wife. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting because it's I feel like, like the guys in prison right now who have the coolest stories were the guys who are on the show Cops. They're like, yeah, did you see me? I was on Cops. Yeah, network show. Yeah, yeah, I was I was in Cops <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. They had the they had the helicopter going and everything. And then this, you know, Steven Seagal's, um, you know, people who've been arrested. Oh man, are, are they going to rule the roost with their stories? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, what? Oh, a, a documentary camera crew uh, captured your arrest. Yeah, what uh, what major action star brought you down? Right. Chuck Norris? No, no, no. My I was taken down actually by Steven Seagal. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren's over. Seagal's there, where it's at, man. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. I I feel like he's uh he's past his prime. Well, Liz, uh, you know, so you're from the uh, Frog Island uh, comedy group. You guys have a lot of sketches up online. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can go to www.www.frogislandcomedy.com uh, no, and uh, check out some of the sketches. We're um, filming one on Monday, and um, it's about Pinocchio, but Geppetto's an abusive man, and um, uh, Pinocchio's kind of a, a shit disturber. But uh, after that, we're filming a, a Confederates video, and it's it's like Confederates. A, What's Confederates. that about? Confederates. It's it's um, it's a it's a, a three women, kind of like a like a Dixie Chicks or uh, Destiny's Child, but they're all um, you know, uh, backwoods ass Confederates, you know, and uh -huh. um, they're talking about how uh, you know, you're welcome in the USA so long as you're not Muslim or homosexual or nice. socialist. All right, I can get music. behind this message. There's oh. going to be gratuitous flag use for no reason. Every shot will have a flag in it. There's going to be some fireworks. Confederate flag, of course. We're going to have Confederate flags, which, and, and I was like, oh, God, I've got to get these costumes. And then, then you look at, at these sites where you're like, yeah, I could buy my con my Confederate T-shirt off this site, and it's all like, we hate blacks.com. Yeah. <laughs> get your shirt here, and I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe we'll just do an iron on. It's, it's hard. <laughs> to get it's hard to money. find. I was gonna say, which company did you go with? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna Between. do. We're gonna make our own shirts because because every single one that, that they're they're just. 
it's all like hate filled, like you know, Palin twenty twelve. We hate gays, you know. Right. Well, it's hard to it's hard to find someone who supplies Confederate flags ironically. Like, okay, yes, um, <laughs> these flags are used only to make fun of uh, racist, uh, stereotypical white people in the South. These are not actually supposed to to be used for hate. I watched this. Uh, my buddy Cornell sent me this video. It's a hilarious video. They took it down off YouTube, I think, for hate speech. But it was fu- it was it was um, a guy uh, chewing tobacco, and he was complaining about Obama uh, banning uh, flavored dip. And he he was just saying like kept saying how uh, you know banning flavored dip is gay. Uh, Obama's gay. And then he was <laughs> then he went into essentially started quoting um, Chris Rock's uh, stand up where. You know the uh, oh the black people versus the n words and the n words have to go and I was I was sitting there listening to this like laughing at his um you know la- laughing at his ignorance not laughing with him certainly and I was la- I was laughing at his ignorance and then I realized like wow Chris Rock like he had this great um amazing bit of satire great piece of stand up but I don't think he had any realization like how how some people would just take it literally like yeah that's a good way to sort them out yeah good jokes are like guns man in the in the hands of a person who doesn't know what to do with it it's a dangerous dangerous weapon well right i mean that's the same uh, you know that that's the same way like all these people who get in trouble for jokes it's it's the reason it's funny in chris rock's hands or the reason it's acceptable is because it's funny you know, where someone else jokes around and says something off the cuff or whatever or you know jokes about race or something like that, it, you know, like Mel Gibson, if he would have had, <laughs> if he had would have had a couple punchlines as to why the Jews started every world war, he would have been all right. But if you <laughs> if you <laughs> say it, crazy shit. if you say even if you're trying to be funny and you don't come off funny, I think that then it's just like, oh my God, he's serious. He's a he's a man of hate. Like I miss, I I miss. I don't think he's really a hateful guy. He's just. He's just a hack comedian trying to crack jokes and doesn't know what to go for and just like, oh yeah, they are yeah, nappy headed hoes. Yeah, yeah, they're they're <laughs> hoes and they're nappy headed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I'd lo- I I I don't know how that how that would do like at the Laugh Factory if it were like Mel Gibson, uh, uh, Don Imus, yes. and Michael Richards <laughs> on <laughs> on a tour together. Just yes. Called unqualified comedians <laughs> who got to feature way before they were ready. We don't we don't know how to handle sensitive race issues. Mel Gibson opener. I don't know if he has. And then uh, you know we can get Imus to feature. And of course Michael yeah. Richards. He's got Headliner. a headline. <laughs> He's got a headline. Because 45 minutes of that hearing guy, N-word, say, that's say, gold. Say what you want about that clip. That man had energy. He was, <laughs> now, if you, want, if you want to see an act out, that guy, he can act out. So now, Liz, let's uh, let's hear about your story. Where where are you originally from? I'm from Houston, Texas. You're from Houston, yeah, Texas. I'm Logan's Houston, also Texas. a uh, Texas uh, native. I you? saw that on your plate. Where are you from? Uh, Dallas. You're from Dallas. Yeah. All right. I still like you. I still like you. So now, <laughs> now you, you you grow up in Houston. Yeah. Um. When do you when do you decide to start getting into comedy? When do you decide to make the move out to L. A. Um. Well, I think I was always always involved in comedy when I, because I came from an abusive household. Um, are you, are you joking around or literally no, you were no, being No, no, I think abused? it's I think it's half and half. You know what okay. I mean? Like every every comedian has something that's wrong with their family life otherwise they wouldn't be constantly seeking out the approval of other people you know and making them laugh because if you make somebody laugh you got a new friend right um so uh that's why comedians they're the best people on the face of the planet and also the most fucked up which is why i'm honored to travel with the pack um but i started doing a stand-up comedy in houston right before i left and went to uh chicago because i was gonna uh did second city 
And, okay. Uh, so you 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 heard like, oh, Second City is a great place. I mean, you gotta go. This is a great pedigree of people that came out of Second City. You decide to go check out Second City. You start doing sketch then? Is yeah. that when you really got into doing sketches, stuff like that? Yeah, sketch and improv, and then I ended up in a, uh, a comedy club one night, and uh, a few of my friends were like, you should go up, you should go up. And I'd done a, a couple of things in Houston, so I was like, oh, okay, sure, I'll go up. And and I had a really good set, and then I was like, oh, you know, went home and wrote some more stuff. And See, that's weird. I feel like a lot of comedians have that story where they're like, yeah, everyone got together, and they just pushed me up on stage, and then I, I took the <laughs> mic, and I, I, I have no story like that. Like, I kept telling people, like, yeah, I, I should do stand-up comedy. They're like, uh, I don't know, aren't you just some asshole? Like, are you sure? Like, You're an the, asshole. You're halfway there, dude. Well, yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, they thought I was – I don't know. I mean – my friends have been supportive of my comedy, but there was never that moment where, like, oh, you have to be on stage. I think I just came from uh, a place where, like, what do you mean? Like, we just go to random jobs. No one does dreams. You know what I mean? Like, no one pursues dreams. You just wake up and go to work. Right. But, well, yeah, I never – I wish I had that, like – it's always a great story. Like, yeah, they just – the mic, you can't deny it. Get up there on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I've no, never had that moment. Well, it wasn't, you know, like a – you know, like a – like a oh, and then the, the clouds opened and I was received, you know. Right, but – It was more like a – it was more like a we're out drinking and everybody's like, hey, you're funny around work. Yep. Why don't you go up and do it? And plus, I was I was dating a stand-up comic at the time, and I was funnier than him oh, <laughs> in real nice. life. Although, that's horrible. You should never, ever say that. But I was dating a stand-up comic, and around work, we'd all make jokes, and, and they were like, Liz, you should you should just go up. And I was like, ah, all right. That's funny, because that's really funny. Um, I know I know these two comedians who were dating, and then I, I think they broke up. I don't know, but just I'm following their Twitters, both their Twitters. And this is what's great about social networking, because now they're like, they're like going back and forth, kind of dissing each other on social networking. And it's it's great. It's a great thing, modern technology, where you can watch a breakup happen in mm-hmm. public at the in the comfort of your own home. Like he posted something, the guy stand up posted something like, "Oh man, I I really want to go up on stage so I can do my new shitty seven minutes." And huh. then and then she tweeted back like, "Oh, what was wrong with your old shitty seven minutes?" Oh snap! And then he wrote back. That joke would have been funny when we were still dating. I was Uh-oh. like, that's that's when it got real. Because normally in a normal relationship, when you know things go bad, the ultimate put down is like, oh, you were bad in bed, you weren't a good lover, I was never in love with you. When comedians break up, it's like, oh, I you were never funny. Yeah, like that's that's the last <laughs> thing you want to hear. Oh my god, oh you totally destroyed what I had left of my self esteem. <laughs> no, the guy was actually really funny, but everybody has their bad nights, you know. And, right, and, it's okay. And, and we, you, you can know, shit on him. I'm, this is what the venue's for is to shit on you other know, comedians. I mean, I'm funnier, but he was funny, you <laughs> right. know. And uh, and I'm I'm grateful grateful to him for being in my life for that short short amount of time. He got he got the he was a spark that lit the powder keg that is Liz Stewart. So now you're you're in you're in Chicago uh-huh. doing some sketches. When is the next move? When are you like, I got I got to go, go I got to go to Hollywood. When does that happen for it you? It was in the winter. And See, that's, that, a, that's, that's a, what everyone That's when you get real to motivated to leave the East Coast, leave Chicago. <laughs> you're like, fuck this place. <laughs> when you're out there scraping your windshield, you're like, there's got to be a different way. It was Yeah, it was in the winter, and I'm, I'm from Houston. I've got thin blood. I don't have that thick blood like, like you know, that, that keeps the warmth in. I have thin Houston, humidity, 107-degree blood, you know? And uh, so I'm out there, and I'm, and I'm freezing, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, God, the, the, and the, the wind is chilling my marrow and 
And I was like, man, screw this, man. I, I, I went inside and I put on an episode of, or I put on the TV and an episode of Fastlane was on, which is, this is the worst story, you know? It's the worst story ever. Episode of Fastlane was on, and I was like, that's what L.A. looks like. Yeah. I go there. I'm going there now. I'm I'm going I'm you I'm said, leaving this summer. Literally just got yeah. in the fast lane. Came I, out there. Now how, yeah. how long you been out in LA? Um 5 years. The, actually 5 years last month. I mean, yeah, 5 years last month. Now, what what is your primary goal? Like what would you see your best use of your talent? Like what's your dream gig? I want my own television show, just like everybody else, though, you know? Yeah. Like, I'd like to have, you know, uh, uh, like a you know, a comedy special, do like a half hour. That would be okay, nice. Okay, like stand-up? Yeah, I mean, do, do you see yourself as as more of a stand-up performer, or do you, do you enjoy the sketch more, or is it like a mixed bag? I think it's a mixed bag, because if you do anything, uh, any one thing all day long for, like, every day for the rest of your life, you're going to get bored with it. But I, I like doing stand-up because when you're writing jokes, you're like, is this a stand-up joke or is this a sketch joke? Or is this like a premise for a right, yeah, I mean, a lot of this a... a lot of sketches, obviously you could just break that down and, and just tell that that premise and that payoff. Um, but speaking of uh, guys who have their own shows, this guy has been all over the news this week, my boy uh, David Letterman. Awesome. And uh, I had to tell them how I, I was disturbed by this. I, I don't know. People apologizing always cracks me up. Uh, I, I felt menaced by this. Uh, and I had to tell them uh, all of the creepy things that I have done that were going to be. <laughs> well, now, why? I love these trained seals. They're just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They they almost the the Letterman audience almost has like the the Paul Schaefer like they've just channeled Paul Schaefer. It's a it's like a 350 people in the Ed Sullivan Theater that's just like <laughs> they are I just loyal. can't wait to laugh that I have done that we're gonna be. <laughs> well now why is that funny? That's I mean. Poor Letterman's actually trying to confess like all this uh, stuff that he's invo- been involved with, and the the audience is still eating it up. They're like, oh we can't stop laughing, Dave. We can't turn it off. <laughs> I, my dream has been to uh, be a late night talk show host, and that was before I found out about these secret sex rooms. Like you throw that on top of it, and now I'm really sold on the idea. When I when I um you'd be great, you'd be great at it. I could at totally the secret see you doing the that. secret sex room yeah, or I'd, I'd, oh, okay. both of them, man. You'd yeah. be like you'd be like I'm Sean Green. This is my show. Who's right. wearing panties? Because you must leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wish I was that much of an alpha male. I mean, I don't know if you're wearing panties or not, Liz. Um. But what I'm saying is... I don't have to leave. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm saying. That is quite a breakthrough. I think you're the first... Uh, oh. <laughs> Logan. <laughs> Logan's, <laughs> Logan's going commando for the show. Logan, yeah. we, we spoke about that. It's a hygiene issue. This isn't a locker room. Liz, <laughs> okay. Liz is an attractive woman. She can get away with it. You... Yeah, they can watch this chair. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't... It's a radio studio, Logan. It's not a... <laughs> Yeah, it's not, no it's one not can a see backyard. Me. I can do whatever I want. It's not a backyard patio. We don't have like a garden hose to hose off your chair because you're <laughs> letting the boys hang out. Uh, but yeah, Letterman, Letterman apologizing. I mean, what's as a woman, what's your take on it? Did this, did this kind of turn you off? Or do you see Letterman in a different light, or is this oddly kind of a turn on? Like, oh wow, there, Dave is, you know, he's capable of these relationships and he's making out with chicks and cars. Like, I feel like this is a, obviously this is a whole other side of Letterman no one ever saw. As a woman and as a female comedian, how do you feel about it? Well, obvi- well, since he's a comedian, um, he he he's he's a perfectionist and he is also desperate for other people's approval. So I think any woman that would sleep with him, 
he's probably going to sleep with. I mean, I don't know the particulars. I don't know if he... I know he wasn't married at the time, but I know he had a girlfriend. I don't know if they were in a fight or if they were on a break or yeah, but how see, like these, shakes these, out, you know? These chicks that he was pursuing, they weren't just like one-time things. Like these, He had multiple kind of long-term relationships. Mm. And especially these chicks, I mean, they're not really super attractive. Like he seems to be just into these chicks in a, in a romantic sense. Well, and they're just, all smart. You yeah, know, I mean, he I likes guess the smart, funny ladies, which isn't a problem, you know. Right. I, uh, it, I just, I mean, so long as he's not, he did, he didn't make his his uh, living off of preaching holier than thou, you know. Like right. if he were a politician Although, or a member of clergy, you know, mm-hmm. then and he did those things, it would be one thing. But he's a comedian. We're scum. Yeah. Well, you personally. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I am scum. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think I think it's just I think it's interesting it, just it, that this guy's um I mean I think the the craziest part about it is just as a guy who's really smart from a business sense you are kind of putting yourself on the line you're putting yourself out for these lawsuits I mean he's he's lucky that he kind of wind and dine these chicks and was romantic with them I mean how how, how the one of these chicks doesn't file like a workplace sexual harassment suit. He got away really lucky. Yeah, he did. He did because I mean he has a lot of money, and if you don't yeah, keep I'm just it saying, in your pants, if you're running a thirty million dollar business yeah. based on you being on television and you're going around sleeping with these chicks, just from a straight up business point of view, I mean these uh, these interns that are like seven or eights, is it really worth it for your thirty million a year job? Like, I, I, that's what's that's what was the shocking part of me, just from a business point of view, like. They're sevens or eights. Sevens or eights. <laughs> well, no, I mean seven or eight is being kind. Like, if you. Could, <laughs> I saw a couple of pictures. You are being kind. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to. Maybe they're mind. As you a, know, the mind is, yeah. is an aphrodisiac. You know, that I it guess. picks them up to an eight. Yeah. You know, she wrote some really good jokes. Right, that's what I'm saying. Seven or eight. You know, and that's factoring in the fact that they're already huge Letterman fans and probably have the same sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's weird because he's. He's kind of coming off as a um, a womanizer, but he doesn't fit the the typical typical profile of a womanizer, especially a man in power who could get a lot of women. Like you'd expect all these like crazy model chicks and or just you know uh, like Trump. Trump when Trump does it, right. he's a douchebag. When Letterman does it, I'll cut him some slack. So but- as a woman, you you don't feel this doesn't change your point of view on Letterman. You you kind of just as a woman, not necessarily yeah. as a comedian. As a woman, do you take offense to this? Or do you do you see it like do you see him as a scumbag? Do you see because he he describes himself as creepy behavior? Well, I'd have to see him be creepy because I can't really look at him and think of him. It's as hard creepy. to picture him. Like Trump, I can see be creepy. You know, like yeah. he's creepy. That's just like what he does. You know, like but but Letterman. You know, I I grew up with this guy. You know, I mean, and it, to find out that he has faults, I'm like, oh, big surprise. You know, like Trump, like. You know, he bought a woman's house, like bought the property next to a woman's house and put like a freeway there so that she'd move so that he could buy her property too. You know, very different. Seems like a lot of work. It's like, like, like that. He's like a a creepy dick, you know? Letterman, at least he's funny. Yeah. You know? All right. That's a redeeming quality, and I, I think as a woman, funny. maybe, uh, maybe, maybe he I gets can't a pass. separate the woman from the comic. That, that, that's fine. I was just, I mean, as a guy, I don't, I don't really care one way or the other. It's like, hey, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. But I, I know some women who probably, although, although Letterman's audience probably is more, you know, more like Loyal. East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. It's not as, uh, it's not as like uh, Midwestern. I do declare, did you hear what he did to his woman? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 
Well, uh, Liz, thanks for coming on the program, and people can check you out at, uh, what is it, frogislandcomedy.com? Yes, indeed. All right. Any uh, any other dates you'd like to plug coming up? Well, um, I do Leo's All-Star every Monday in Glendale and Skinny's Lounge every Thursday at 8.30. Both are free shows, so come on out. And uh, I think that's about it. All right. Thanks for coming on the program. I've actually been to Skinny's. It's a great place to we come check out. We love having you. Yeah, it's a great uh, – Yeah, I definitely will. It's a great venue. It's a good place to hang out, good comics, nice uh, intimate setting. And uh, once again, thank you, Liz Stewart. Thank you for coming on the green room. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Okay, now uh, now Logan, it's uh, – I mean, besides the, the interview with Liz, this is my second favorite part of the show, and it's – when we get to sit and talk about the amazing deals at Amazon. Absolutely. Nothing Logan, what what do you Logan, what's on your wish list? What do you want, Logan? Do you want CDs? Well, do you want electronics? I want some books. You want I books? <laughs> well, yeah, what, what kind of books Amazon do you want? Can help me with no, that. Logan, actually that's where you're wrong. They can help you. Oh. Yeah, really? they actually have they have books, electronics, CDs. This is really where you're going to stick it to the man. You want to pay full price? For uh, digital downloads, go to iTunes. Get ripped off. You want a great deal? Go to Amazon. Now, can I go online and buy a CD? Yeah, you can <laughs> You can get the physical CD or you can get the cheaper downloads. And what's even better about Amazon's, they don't have all those crazy copyright protections that iTunes has. So you can download the CDs and it's easily transferable. And, uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier. But Amazon, they really have a lot of great products. I don't need to plug Amazon. You know what's... You know what you can get at Amazon, right? We all have accounts on Amazon. We've all kind of pushed off a birthday gift. And then what do you do? You just sign on Amazon. You're like, oh, oh shit, my dad's birthday. So then you you log on there. You get him a cooking book or a grilling book. Like my dad's really into grilling. You just log into there. You can expedite the shipping. Take care of it. You're the good son. You want to know a little secret about Amazon? Sure. Give it to me, Logan. If you are following a band and you have a favorite brand and their album's going to come out soon and you just can't wait to hear it, about a week or two before each album comes out, you can hear part of the song on Amazon before it's available on iTunes at all. And even more than that, Wax. Wax, the guy who um, is grateful, gracious enough to provide us with this music that you hear in the green room, his album's on there. So what you can do is you can log on to shantigreen.com. Click the Amazon link, and then you'll be shopping. You'll be supporting the green room. You'll be supporting Big Wax, and it'll be all good. It's what we call a win-win in this the business slogan, and that's what we're all here for. Well, we got a couple more segments coming up. We have the Money Minute with Justin Batani, and, of course, we have a couple of my buddies, uh, one of my buddies. Do you want to go get uh, the other guys, Logan? Sure. They're going to be uh, coming in, talking about some uh, days from college. Uh, enjoying ourselves. So, yeah, got a lot on the table. Feel free to give us a call, 323-203-0815. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll share this quick anecdote while uh, Logan's getting the other guys. I had an amazing weekend. I know what you're thinking, Sean. You're out in L.A. Amazing weekend. It's got to be pretty amazing. A-list stars, Carvassier. No, it was even better than that. Me and uh, three of my roommates had a very intensive paper, rock, scissors tournament. Uh, that's kind of our thing is we hang out on Friday nights, get drunk, and do paper, rock, scissors, which is uh, pretty exciting. I ended up winning the tournament by doing seven papers in a row. That's right. How unbelievable is that? Seven papers in a row. You know, it got to the point where 
people are like, oh, Sean, all he's doing is shooting paper. He's not gonna, he's not gonna do paper again. Oh yeah, I did. Logan, did I tell you that I won the paper rock scissors tournament by doing seven papers in a row? I overheard you talking about that. What was this now? Where was I this did tournament? seven papers at her house. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night, we had a paper rock scissors tournament, and I won it by doing seven papers in a row. No one even, wow. no one once did scissors to defend it because I kept doing paper, and they were like, "Oh, he's not gonna do paper again." But that's where they were wrong because that's when <laughs> another paper was coming. All right, I'd like to welcome to the program uh, my good buddy from Penn State, Andrew. Andrew, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, Will, are you coming on the program? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's uh, my wild man friend, Will. Who's... And then there were four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the program. Andrew's out here visiting from... I would say uh, Pennsylvania. That's originally where I know you from, but you seem to be traveling around a lot. Where you been? Uh, where you been the past year, man? Um. Well, I was working at some finance company back east in Philadelphia, but decided I want to do some traveling, so I quit there. And then said, so, so "Kiss my ass, corporate America." Yeah, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> I went out gracefully, but uh, yeah, so I just left that for a little bit, and then I was living in Peru for three months. I found this volunteer English teaching organization. It was called Spanglish. It was run by this guy who was like 24, 25 years old, but he led a pretty cool life. He just brought foreigners in, and they would teach English to uh, poor children off the streets of Peru. Sounds like an... Good gig, very humanitarian. Yeah, yeah, one of those kind of things. <laughs> intercultural experience, it was nice to live there for a little bit. Um, and then when I came back from there, I was living in Yellowstone for the summer. Got a job at a gas station. Yeah. Taking it easy. Live, living the dream, just working <laughs> at a gas station. For uh, sure. You know, and uh, you have a finance degree, so it's a perfect place to put to use. But, you know, it's more about just, <laughs> hey, cut loose, enjoy uh, Yellowstone. Now... I met Andrew. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Freshman year, I was up at Penn State. I uh, I lived in the dorms the first year of freshman year, and I was hanging out with a lot of kids from my high school and stuff. And sophomore year came up, and I was like, all right, I want to live off campus. And then I was like, oh, I could live with kind of high school buddies, but I was like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna broaden my horizon. So I, I just decided to look for a, a different place, you know, meet some new people, kind of expand. And I saw a um, a flyer on the uh, dorm room bulletin board and it was like live in a real world style house situation and it was <laughs> you're already uh, making faces but that that's how uh that's how this uh our uh this uh, guy steve uh presented the living situation it was like oh live in a uh, real world style house so i, I checked know it. he actually did that oh yeah no, i didn't that, know he'd be like that corny yeah no yeah he's <laughs> he's very corny and uh um so yeah that was the way he set it up I, I take the thing, I, I move in there, I start living there, and then you were ended up being friends with Steve. You knew Steve for a long time, and um, I think the best way to describe Steve is, like, picture Napoleon if Napoleon was, like, super nerdy and super high-strung. Like, he is, he's, like, the type A personality, just, like, dreams of being a politician, but just, like, you're not, you know... I don't know. Describe yeah. Steve. He's He was very... It was a fascinating living situation, to say the least. interesting. I, I've never... I've never heard him referred to as Napoleon, but uh, there's he definitely wants to, some similarities. He there. wants to be a leader. 
He, he takes himself really seriously, doesn't know how to take a joke about himself, which inevitably just makes you want to fuck with him that much more. Like, he, it wasn't that he was even... He's not like he's a bad guy or whatever, but just if you're just hanging out with him, you start busting his chops, and he just he just can't take it as a joke. And it just he just reacts to it really negatively. And then that just adds fuel to anyone's fire. Yeah, well put. Well, I mean, that's been Steve Now, you knew Steve from, one. like, for a long time. And Steve since uh, first grade. <laughs> <laughs> now you're telling me some great stories of people messing with him over the years that I just found hilarious. Yeah. Well, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you said you said in seventh grade he stuck out because what was it? What ha- was happening in seventh grade? <laughs> uh well, seventh grade. You know, it's kind of that time in a young man's life when. Things are changing. It was our first year in a new school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, How did Steve adapt to the new new school situation? I mean, he he went head first. You know, he was uh, meeting some girls. Um, you know, he was always talking to chicks. We were yeah, that's very that's... very proud of him for that. He, he never <laughs> never had any shame. That was Steve. <laughs> but uh, I guess with some of the peers in gym class or various other school dances you know maybe a a fight came up or two um it was kind of just the in general i'd say he kind of went through it through a rough time (laughs) he got he got beat up a lot like he stood out for a guy who's who's getting picked on a lot once somebody blew a blow dart which was a pin through an empty pen (laughs) yeah and it hit his nose (laughs) Um. That's a funny thing. Like you hear these, you hear these stories of people messing with him, and you're like, "Oh man, I want to feel sympathetic for this guy." But then you live with him or deal with him, and you're like, "No, nope, they were totally right." Kids I- can be so cruel. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this is a great story. Uh, Steve was, I, for, I forget how it came all about, but I think Steve was like hanging out with us, and uh, he he started talking to me and Andrew, and he goes, "Yeah, this, yeah, this is this is bullshit, man. Yeah, Cheryl's been going around telling everyone Cheryl's like this girl he." Had, hooked up with or some keeps going around telling everyone I have a s I have a small penis. What's up with that, man? Yeah, I've never had any complaints. And we're like, what do you mean? That that's a that's a huge complaint right there. <laughs> and then Andrew was just perfect at like totally hyping him up. He's like, Oh Steve, you're gonna take that? Steve, you're not gonna take that, are you? Oh Steve, you should call her. You should call her out on that. Yeah, man, you should call her out. And then we just kinda Yeah, I've always been the instigator. <laughs> we were we worked up Steve's bravado. We're like, call him right now. We got like the tape recorder out and we're just like, Oh yeah, dude, call her and, and yell at her. <laughs> well, he did. I think uh, I, I think I started off on the phone. Yeah, you're like, yo, Cheryl, what's what's this for you been stating about Steve or or so, I forget. I was like, Why are you talking about my boy Steve saying he has a small penis? <laughs> And yeah, she said, well, totally, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you would know better than me, but uh, he, Steve has otherwise to say, and maybe he knows better than you. So I handed the phone over to Steve, and he took over from that point. <laughs> Things got a little more serious at that point. You know, he, well, that was so great because you were you were perfect at, at playing like the indignant friend. You're like, oh, can't you? I can't believe you're saying this about my boy. Why you got to do him dirty like that? And and right. that, and Steve was just like that was feeding into Steve's confidence. He was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Andrew knows I have a big dick. This girl's full of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Obviously, you have no idea. <laughs> now, 
now you think like, oh, okay, this Steve just must run with a, a cruel b- bunch of friends, like outsiders or or other people. They 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 won't pick up on this, right? Or you're you're telling me some other uh, great tales of like famous people picking up on it. I remember the one in particular that you told me about that. What was it that uh, Alan Iverson? Yeah, wait, tell that story. That's great. Yeah, well, Allen Iverson was a big star in Philadelphia. Yeah, still is. He's a huge, especially at the time when this went down. He was, it was like right around their championship run, you know, biggest, probably biggest sports star of the time in Philly. Yeah, he's a big deal, and he liked to have a good time, you know, ride around <laughs> the city. He'd be seen doing what he does, and uh, one night we walked by a club and there was uh, Bentley out there and my friend was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's stop right here. This has to be somebody's car. Let's exactly. See who goes. It, it's not like in LA where you see Bentleys roaming around randomly. It, if you see a Bentley in Philly, there's it's got to be someone it's a big. big deal. Yeah. And no sooner did he say that that I turned around and I see Alan Iverson walk out, totally recognizable. Everyone knows what he looks like. And he's got a whole crew and we're kind of just like... Uh, or, or, you know, we're kind of just stargazing, and they're just standing around their car, just chilling out. He's just sitting there posting up next to his Bentley, just being Allen Iverson, being AI, doing yeah, his thing. <laughs> exactly, being very in his own world. And one of my friends, not Steve, another one, said, I got to go shake his hand. He goes up to shake Allen Iverson's hand, and he just ignores him completely. <laughs> And so, boy's so, like, so Alan Iverson's kind of being a dick, you know. He's just, or that, he's just, he's on a star he, trip. He's not gonna, he's not gonna mess with these random people. Yeah. You just figure, he's oh, okay. That. All right, so he's AI. He's just gonna totally ignore us. But is that what he did? Um. Well, this time, yes. His dude's <laughs> like, dude, get out of here. So yeah. my friend kind of just turned around, tail between his legs. Well, we go to another club, but on our way back, they're still there. We're like, damn, that's been a long time that Alan Iverson's been there. But they seem to be a little more into the scene. Yeah. And um, Steve's with us, and <laughs> one of Alan Iverson's boys just finds him funny for whatever reason. <laughs> and he, he kind of, like, slows him up. He's like, yo, yo, yo. And we're, and we're like, what's going on? Like, why is, why is Alan Iverson's boys talking to Steve? But it wasn't so much talking with him, but more just, like, making fun out of him. Like, Steve's kind of, like, a shorter guy, and uh, the dude's like, He's like, yo, yo. He's like, he's like, your little brother was by earlier. You want his shirt back? <laughs> and they're all just like laughing, just like totally just, clowning on him. And then does AI say anything to him? Uh, nah, he was just laughing. But um, Steve managed to uh, raise his arm, and if anybody knows Steve, he's got <laughs> some uh, active armpits. And uh, this night he was wearing a lighter colored shirt. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they picked up on that, too. They were like, yo, look at that dude's pants. They sweaty. <laughs> oh, there's nothing more humiliating than having, like, professional athletes and their, their posse clown on them. Nah, and uh, that was kind of that. I mean, you kind of just got to walk away after that. 
But, that was, uh, but see, yeah. the great thing about Steve is like, oh, you think that that totally he humiliated him. But like Steve has just this innate ability to just like brush things off and, yes, and still be insanely super confident. Some kind of denial or <laughs> naivety. I really don't know what it is. That's always been one of the great mysteries of Steve, but I kind of admire him for it. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a certain appreciation. It's like, wow, he just got shut down by five chicks in a row, and here he is just going up like nothing happened. Like, it just it just doesn't phase him. Well put. Yeah. I still remember living in the house with him. Andrew would be over. We'd be partying. It was like a three-story house. We'd be partying in the basement with the doors closed, you know, rocking out to music, and Steve would come down like the old man saying, like, turn it down. It's a weekday. And I just remember telling him, like, Hey, dude, kiss my ass. It's college. I kept I kept saying to him, dude, it's college. You don't realize how loud it is because you're intoxicated. Your hearing is being affected because you're so messed up off booze. Like, Who dude. says that at age 21? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. He was uh, he was quite the character. Yeah. Do you, um, still, uh, you still keep in touch with Steve? I do. Yeah? How's, how's life working out for him? I would say things have gone well for Steve. I'm happy to say that. Um, right after college, he hit the road for the campaign trail, did some work for John Kerry. He's a very dedicated Democrat. Yeah, no, he, he seems super active in the political thing, and finally he found a venue where people kind of just respond to confidence and, and won't clown you. Like, if, I feel like if you go... Oh, you were saying that, like, besides being politically motivated, he also had, like, kind of business aspirations. He had, he kind of um, brought you in for a, a business deal. Ah, quick star. Yeah, what happened there? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if I like telling the story. It kind of <laughs> makes me sound like an idiot. But, um, all right, I'll, I'll do it for you, Sean. All right, uh, well, hold on. We, just, uh, we got Justin on the air here. Justin, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Pretty All good, right. Uh, real quick, uh, Goodman's just going to finish telling the story, and then we'll get to the uh, money minute here in a second, so just hang tight. No problem. All right. So, wait. Just r- real quick, describe right. the multi-level marketing business that Steve tried to bring you into. Okay. <laughs> well, there's this thing called uh, Quickstar, or it might be known as Amway. And it's basically advertised as it's not a pyramid scheme. (laughs) (laughs) Which always makes you worried, like, oh, wait, this totally is a pyramid scheme. So, like, the moment that Steve opened his mouth for it, I'm like, oh, this is a complete joke. Yet Steve, (laughs) in his denial or naivety, just would not let any of us go, constantly just asking if we can go to his meeting and, you know, give it a try or whatever. Just give it a try. Listen to the presentation. Well, my one friend, Paul, finally, he's such a nice guy, and he's like, all right, we'll go, Steve. So we just end up showing up at this presentation with uh, seven people, and we were kind of like getting messed up before, like little drunk, little high, and then um, this guy's trying to make a presentation to like sell us on this, but uh, we were all just snickering and laughing and stuff and hey, andrew has a very distinctive laugh especially like if so, if something really strikes him he'll just be like bah! <laughs> like oh man yeah well it just ended up where my five friends left and uh, i thought i could play it cool for the rest of the time but i couldn't <laughs> just snickered throughout the presentation oh, oh man uh kind of blew up steve's spot just left immediately after that i don't think he really ever forgave me for it even but he did to... because you're still friends right we're still friends but, but... even if i try to bring it up he's like Dude, you made me look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, trust us on this one that Steve uh, has it coming. And you know what you have coming, the audience? 
Great picks from my man, Justin Patani. Justin, how's it going? Pretty good. That's just one man. Solid win. What's I'm up? happy man. Yeah, I know. Last week, now that we changed it to from the mush minute where you're supposed to pick the wrong picks to the money minute where you're supposed to pick the right picks, you go one, you only get one pick out of three games right. So what are we doing this week? Are we calling it the money minute? What do you got? Uh, I think these are three solid picks. That's all I could really find out of this. There's some tough ones, but uh, I think right. Carolina minus three and a half against the Redskins. All right. What that else do you like? like a lot. Same with uh, Indy. Uh, minus three and a half against the Titans. All right. What's your and third then, line? Uh, <laughs> the Jets minus one and a half. You know, against the this whole segment makes me realize is maybe there's not a foolproof way to winning at gambling. That's what I'm starting to realize from these picks. <laughs> So Justin's triple locks. We got Carolina minus three and a half. You got Indy minus four on the road, and Jets minus one and a half in Miami. Is that right? Without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> Listen to that, the way the enthusiasm, the way he sells it. <laughs> I put, I'm betting the farm. I'm betting the farm. All right. Well, uh, if you guys have the farm, ride it with Justin because now it's the money minute. It's no longer the mush minute. All right, Justin. Thanks for calling in, man. All right. Wow. Good times, guys. Better win some money, Justin. Yeah, I know. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, man, what a sh- what a program. Time flew by. Logan, you want to take us out in the haiku? Absolutely. All right. Now this is fucked up. Steven Seagal tackled me. <laughs> now I'm in prison. All right. Nice job, Logan. Appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, that'll about do it for the green room. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We are live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock on latalkradio.com. Thank- oh, oh, big, uh, big guest next week. We have uh, Ralph Garman. He does voices on Family Guy. He's also... The uh, entertainment reporter on uh, K-Rock's Kevin and Bean Show. I'd like to thank uh, Andrew for coming on. I'd like to thank Will for uh, laughing a couple times. And I'd also (laughs) like to thank Liz Stewart, comedian Liz Stewart. Check her out on Frog Island Comedy. All right, that'll do it. Thank you for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and make sure you check out LegalZoom.com for all of your self-help legal needs. Referral code GREEN for the Green Room discount.